Welcome to the Israel Seminar here in Oslo in Norway. Velkommen til Israel Seminaret her i Oslo i Norge. It is a huge joy and honor for us to welcome you all here in the auditorium tonight. En stor glede og ære å ønske dere alle hjertelig velkommen her i auditoriet i kveld. And viewers that are joining us from around the world for days and months to come. Og seere som blir med oss fra rundt omkring i verden i dager og måneder som ligger foran. And tonight in this Israel Seminar we have among us uh, participants all the way from Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. And we have them from Pokhara in Nepal. And we have from Karachi in Pakistan. And we have from France. And Belgium. And Norway. So let's give each other a big hand. And my wife, Aina, she looks at me with frantic eyes and says, You've forgotten the father nation of Norway, Denmark. <laughs> Let's give Denmark a big hand. And this is our daughter Selma. She's turning two years old on Thursday. Can you see two? Two? <laughs> She's learning to speak now. And, and her grandma, Aina's mother, is here among us today. You ought, to stand, you ought to stand here with us. Let's give her a big hand. Wow, this is quite an event. We're not many in numbers. But we have a mighty calling and mandate from God. And it's quite interesting from the day when this seminar was planned. That happened on May the 2nd in 2023. One of the two main speakers here, Cornelis Kant. And I, we were standing together in the hallway of the Knesset, the Israeli parliament in Jerusalem. And then he said to me, let's do a seminar in Norway. And let's bring Andrew Tucker with us. That's why we're here. And at that time there was no war going on between Israel and Hamas. But just a few days ago, 17, 18 days ago, tragedy struck. And the backdrop of this seminar is serious. We're not here only to have a pleasant time. Although we love pleasantries. But we're here because it's serious. Something is going on that is changing the face of the earth. Where this puts us in prophecy, I don't know. There are experts who can tell us a lot about that. I'm just, 
a simple servant. And I follow in his footsteps. What he tells me to do, I'll do. And where he tells me to go, I will go. And my wonderful wife, Aina, she and I, we always go together. Aina, you have a word you'd like to share. Aina, du har et ord du vil dele. I just want to say that during the past couple of days, jeg vil bare si at de siste par dagene, I feel that God has really put this on my heart with a new strength. Så føler jeg at Gud har virkelig lagt med ny styrke på mitt hjerte. The whole nation of Israel. Og hele nasjonen Israel. And uh, and our mandate as Christians. Og vårt mandat som kristne. To love them and support them. Og elske dem og støtte dem. Um, and um, and uh, I just wanted to read from Zechariah. Jeg vil gerne lese fra Zacharias bok. Uh, from chapter 8. Fra kapitel 8. It says in verse uh, 23. Da heter det i vers 23. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Så sier Herren herskaren i skudd. In those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. So, let us grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man. La oss gripe tak i jakka til en jødisk person. And go with him. Og gå med dem. Support them. Støtte dem. Love them. Elsk dem. As God loves them. Som Gud elsker dem. That's our mandate. Det er vårt mandat. Part of our mandate. Det er en del av vårt store mandat. And pray for them. Vi ber for dem. In Jesus' name. Far, vi takker deg for at du har samlet oss her. Father, we thank you that you have gathered us here. For at vi skal gripe jødene i kappa. So that we can grab the Jewish people by their garment. Og at vi skal følge dem. And that we will follow them. Og vi skal støtte dem. And support them. Og vi skal ikke svike dem. And not let them down. Takk at denne samlingen, disse tre dager, tre dager. Thank you that this gathering, these three days. Vi dypdykker oss. Will let us dive deep into. Kjærligheten til jødefolket. The love for the Jewish people. Forståelsen av det jødiske folket. The understanding of the Jewish people. Om kampen som pågår i dagens verden. And about the fight that is going on today. Takk at du har samlet oss. Thank you that you have gathered us. Og vi tror at det er for intet mindre enn å forvandle Norge. And we believe that it's for nothing less than to change Norway. Norge skal snu og bli i stat for Israel. Norway shall turn around and become Israel. Og vi erklærer at det skal skje gjennom disse dager. Ikke bare litt, men det skal skje fullstendig. Og i løpet av få dager vil tydelig skiftet komme. Og dette vil spre seg over hele Europa. Og bringe forvandling. Jødene skal oppleve at de er venner. The Jews will experience that they have friends here. That we stand together with them. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Aina will sing a song. Aina will sing a song. Let Papa tell that.
Kommer morbor. Kommer mormor. Hva skal jeg Kan du vinke, vinke til alle sammen? She's waving to you.
Godhead. How great you are, Lord. How great and magnificent you are, God. Thank you that you are here in our midst, Lord. Tack att du är här i vår mitt, Jesus. Herre, tack att det står i ditt ord, Jesus, att det är vårt två eller tre samlat i ditt namn, Herre. Där är du mitt ibland hos Jesus. Thank you that your word says that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are amongst us, Lord. We just welcome you here. We welcome you here. God of splendor. God of might. God of passion, of love. Kärlighetens Gud, lidenskapens Gud. Vi önskar dig välkommen här, Jesus. Då bo ibland oss och talar ibland oss, Gud. Virke på våra hjärtor här. Before we move on, um, we, I just want to say that it is a, an honor and a privilege beyond words to have Andrew Tucker and Cornelius Kant with us. Andrew Tucker, who's that man? That man. Andrew Tucker, som he's den de Kant. from Australia, married a Dutch lady. And he is trained uh, in international law. Folkeretten. And uh, he's also trained at Oxford University. He's the director and founder of the, the Hague Institute of International Law. Hag Institute for Folkeretten. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, simply one of the sharpest sharp, uh, legal minds there is in Europe. Let's give Andrew Tucker a big applause. <laughs> Welcome, Andrew. And Cornelius Kant, he is, uh, used to be a Dutch Reformed priest. Han pleide å være prest i den nederlandske, eller hollandske kirke. Did you wear this all? Hadde du på det neste kraget? You were only ties. Slips bare. And then, but God put in his heart a love for Israel many years ago. Men Gud la ned i hans hjerte en kjærlighet for Israel for mange år siden. And he's been bringing Dutch people to understanding and love for Israel for years. And for the past five, six years, he is the international director of Christians for Israel International. And he is... Um, uh, he's been there for about five, six years. And that is the largest pro Christian pro Israel movement in Europe. And I, I, it's, you know, it's such an honor to, to listen to him. 
Och det är er en sån ära att lytte till han. And the, the solid teaching from the scriptures. Och den solide undervisningen från Guds ord. That he is going to convey to us these days. Som han kommer till att uh, ge oss dessa dagarna. Let's get give Cornelius Kant a big hand. Låt oss ge Cornelius Kant en stor applåd. Welcome. Välkommen. And now we will give the podium to Jon Brammer. Vi ska ge plattformen till Jon Brammer nu. He's the leading elder. He's the leader of this Pentecostal church, Evangelisk Alberö. Han är er ledaren för denna kyrkan här, kyrkan pinsemenigheten här, Evangelisk Alberö. This church is a bastion for Israel friendship in the Pentecostal movement. Och denna kyrkan här, menigheten här, är en bastion av Israel vänskap i pinsemenigheten. And I'm very blessed to have known. Jon for about 40 years. Och jag blev välsignad över att ha känt Jon i 40. 40. 40 år. And isn't it strange because he and I don't look a day over 40. Och är det inte rart för han och jag ser ju en dag äldre ut än 40. Jon Brammer, please come up. Jon Brammer, kom upp. Kan du kan du så jättefint. Kan du stå där? Så bra. Hjärtligt välkommen till oss. A big cordial welcome to us. Vi har ett verkligt ett stort hjärte för Israel. We really have a big heart for Israel. Och vi har varit representerat i Israel sedan 1948. We have been represented in Israel since 1948. Och vår Johan Lökkesörnsen. Our pastor, our former pastor Johan Lökkesörnsen. Han grundade pinsebevegelsens arbete i Israel i 1946. He founded the work of the Pentecostal movement in Israel in 1946. Och detta arbete det blev godkänt i pinsebevegelsen för upprättelsen av staten Israel. And this work was actually acknowledged by the Pentecostal movement before the state of Israel was formed. formed. Så det är er med glädje jag önskar er välkommen till detta seminarium. So it is with great joy that I welcome well all to the seminar. Både på vägarna av menigheten vår, both on behalf of our church, och på organisationen som heter Hjärte för Israel and the organization which is called the Heart of Israel som då är er en del av norsk pinsbevegelse which is a part of the Pentecostal movement in Norway. Och jag måste si, personligen jag gläder mig verkligt till att höra vad som blir lagt fram i detta seminarium. And I must say personally I really look forward to what will be presented in this seminar. Jag var väldigt glad när Jan Åge tog kontakt och frågade om han kunde ha seminarier här hos oss. I was really happy when Jan Åge contacted me and asked if they could have this and have here. Och jag hade lust på att säga si ja med en gång men jag måste ta det upp med styret först. I wanted to say yes immediately but I had to discuss it in the board first. Men jag har ju känt Jan Åge då som vi säger i 40 år. But I Jan Åge now as he said for 40 years och vet vad han står för och what he stands for. Men allikevel så måtte jeg jo på vegne av menigheten ta det opp i styret vårt. And uh, even, even though that's the case, I had to discuss with the board first. Ja. Men det blev et rungende ja. But it was a re- resounding yes. Yes, yes. 
Så vi ser fram till att vara samman dessa dagarna. So we look forward to be together in these days. Så följer välkommen i Jesu namn. Feel, feel welcome in the name of Jesus. Varsågod. And now Anina will open the Israel seminar. Let's stand up. For me, it's an honor and a privilege to be here in Oslo and to meet you and to speak to you. For me, it's an honor and a privilege to be here in Oslo and meet you and to speak to you. And also, a greeting to all the people who are watching us on Vision TV. Well, well, in this seminar. Og også en hilsen til alle de menneskene som ser på oss på Visjon Norge. Hilsen til dere. Israel er et veldig sensitivt topic. Israel er et veldig sensitivt emne. Mange kristne, mange pastorer, mange teologer har ingenting med Israel å gjøre. And some of them even fight in words against those who believe in various Israel theology. Og noen av de kjemper til og med imot de som tror på en Israel teologi. And that's why this evening in my first session and tomorrow morning in the second session, I want to read a lot of passages in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the Tanakh and the New Testament. Og derfor så er det at i kveld og i sesjonene mine i morgen, så vil jeg lese en del skriftsteder fra Gamle Testamentet og fra Nye Testamentet. God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. Så Gud han inngikk en pakt på Abraham og hans etterkommere. And it's a one-sided covenant. Og det er en ensidig pakt. Not a contract that each part makes promises. Det er ikke en kontrakt der hvor hver part gir løfter. Only God made promises. Bare Gud ga løfter. And Abraham even slept while God made the covenant. Og Abraham han sov til og med når Gud inngikk pakten. And it's an everlasting covenant. Og det er en evig pakt. And then the Lord says, and it's very important for us as Christians as well. Og så sier Gud, og dette er veldig viktig for oss som kristne også. And the Lord had said to Abraham, Og Herren sa til Abraham, Go from your country, Dra bort fra landet ditt, Your people and your father's household, To the land I will show you. Og fra slekten din og fra farshuset ditt, Til det landet som jeg skal vise deg. I will make you into a great nation, And I will bless you. Jeg vil gjøre deg til et stort folk, Og jeg vil velsigne deg. I will make name great. Og gjøre navnet din avgjort. And you will be a blessing. Og du skal bli til velsignelse. I will bless those who bless you. Jeg vil velsigne dem som velsigner deg. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Men den som forbanner deg, skal jeg forbanne. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. 
I dig skal alle slekter på jorden velsignes. All generations, all the people of the earth will be blessed through Abraham and his descendants. Alle generasjonene, alle folk på jorden skulle bli velsignet gjennom Abraham og hans etterslekt. We believe that this blessing is established by Jesus Christ. Vi tror at denne velsignelsen er etablert av Jesus Kristus. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Jesus is jødiske messias. His mother was a Jew. Hans mor var jøde. So Jesus is a Jew. Så Jesus er jøde. And through Jesus the whole world is blessed. Og gjennom Jesus så er hele verden velsignet. So that means that the promise of the Messiah is a part of God's covenant with Abraham. Så det betyr at løftet om Messias er en del av Guds pakt med Abraham. As Christians and Christian churches we offer to Jesus som kristne og kristne menigheter så offrer vi til Jesus. We took him out of the Jewish people. Vi tok han ut fra det jødiske folket. We gave him western European clothes. Og vi ga han vesteuropeiske klær. And we disconnected him from Israel. Og så koblet vi han fra Israel. And then through centuries we as Christians always said I have Jesus, I don't need Israel. Og gjennom århundene har vi som kristne sagt at jeg har Jesus, jeg trenger ikke Israel. Men løften om Jesus er en del av Guds pakt med Israel. Gjennom Abrahams etterkommere er vi velsignet i Jesus Kristus. That's a totally different way of thinking. Det er en fullstendig annerledes måte å tenke på. But that's what the Bible says. Men det er det Bibelen sier. And then God continues in Genesis 17. Og så fortsetter Gud i 1. Mosebok, Mosebittel 17. Vers 7 og 8. Vers 7 og 8. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. Jeg vil opprette min pakt mellom meg og deg og etterkommerne dine fra slekt til slekt. En evig pakt. Jeg vil være Gud for deg og etterkommerne dine. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Jeg vil være Gud for deg og etterkommerne dine. And the whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner. Landet du bor i som innflytter hele Kanaan. I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you and I will be their God vil jeg gi deg og etterkommerne dine til evig eiendom, og jeg vil være deres Gud. Så Gud inngår en evig pakt. Israel skal være Guds folk. Og Gud skal være Gud. Gjennom det jødiske folket vil hele verden bli velsignet gjennom Jesus. And the land of Canaan, the land of Israel, will be given as an everlasting possession to the Jewish people. Og Kanans land, Israels land, vil bli gitt som en evig eiendel for det jødiske folk. So when we as Christians say that the land promise is not any more valid. Så når vi som kristne sier at dette løftet om landet ikke lenger gjelder. And that Israel is an illegal occupier. Og at Israel er de okkuperer ulovlig land. Then that means that the covenant with Abraham is not valid anymore. Så betyr det at pakten med Abraham ikke er gyldig lenger. Then what about the part of the covenant 
in which God will be blessed that through him the whole world will be blessed. Vad då med den delen av pakten hvor Gud vill att genom han så vill hela världen bli välsignad? If God can withdraw his promise of the promised land, he can also withdraw Jesus. We have to keep the covenant as a total package valid and complete. And then the Lord says that the Jewish people will be his, his beloved people. Og så sier Herren at det jødiske folket vil være hans elskede folk. And now what's the fundament underneath the covenant with Israel? Og hva er grunnlaget i pakten med Israel? The fundament of the covenant is explained in Deuteronomy 7. Grundlag i pakten blir forklart i femte Mosebok kapitel 7. And there we read the Lord, Deuteronomy 7, verse 7 and 8. Femte Mosebok 7, vers 7 og 8. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. Når Herren hadde godhet for dere og valgte dere ut, var det ikke fordi dere var siden rørre enn alle andre folk. For you are the fewest of all people. For dere er det minste av alle folkene. But it was because the Lord loved you. Men fordi Herren elsket dere. And kept the oath he swore to your ancestors. Og ville holde edden han hadde sverget for deres fedre. So, love and oath. Så kjett og ed. Is the fundament of. And the reason and the cause of God's covenant with Israel. Er grundlaget og og grunden til Herrens pakt med Israel. Love and oath. Kærlighed og ed. So when the Bible speaks about God's love in the Old and in the New Testament as well, it's always everlasting. Så når Bibelen snakker om Guds kjærlighet, både i Gammeltestamentet og Nytestamentet, så er det alltid en evig kjærlighet. When God speaks about his words and his promises and his oaths, then it is always everlasting and never temporarily. Når Gud snakker om sitt ord og de eder han har inngått, så er det alltid evig. When you are going to marry your beloved girlfriend or boyfriend, når du skulle gifte dig med din kære mand eller hustru, and you go to the church and to the court to the to the the municipality, så går du i kirken eller i rådhuset, then you promise to be faithful until death as depart. Og så lover du lover trofast til døden skiller dere ad. There you also make a covenant between man and woman. Der inngår du også en pakt mellom mann og kvinne. And the fundament under that covenant is also love and oath. Og grunnlaget i den pakten er også kjærlighet og ed. And we know all, we know that unfortunately we have many divorces in our countries and in our churches. Og vi dessverre har mange skilsmisser i landene våre og i kirkene våre. 
But we all know that when God speaks about love and oath, his intentions are always everlasting. Men vi alla vet att när Gud snackar om kärlighet och pakt eller ed, så vet vi att vet vi att han alltid menar det för evigt. And in our human life many things can go wrong. Och i våra och i vårt liv så kan många ting gå galt. Also in our marriages. Också i våra äktenskap. But when God has Israel as his bride and when Jesus has the church as his bride it's always everlasting. Men när Gud har Israel som sin brud och Jesus har menigheten som sin brud så är det alltid för evigt. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit never make mistakes. Gud och Jesus och den helige ande gör aldrig fel. So when God makes an everlasting covenant to the Jewish people, så när Gud ingår en evig pakt med det judiska folk, he will never say, well, um, I changed my mind. Så vill han aldrig säga att det ja, jag ombestämmer mig nu. Sometimes people say, "Yeah, okay, that old covenant that that's from the ancient times. When Jesus came, everything became different." Och någon någon gång så säger folk att ja, nej men den pakten den är från elgamla tider av när Jesus kom så blev allt nytt. All this finished, new will come. Det gamla är bort och det nya vill komma. But that's not true. Men det är inte sant. Jesus was already planned by the Lord when he made this covenant with Abraham. Jesus var alltså planlagt av Gud då han ingick pakten med Abraham. Jesus birth, Jesus death on the cross, Jesus resurrection, Jesus ascension to heaven was all part of God's wonderful plan with planet earth. Jesus födsel och död och och korset och och att han reste till himlen, det var allt en del av denna planen. And it is, it is all part of the covenant with Israel. And then, when the Jewish people were in slavery in Egypt, God liberated His people under the leadership of Moses. So satte Gud folket sitt sitt i en underledarskap av Moses. And they were slaves from generation to generation. Och de var slaver i generation efter generation. And slaves sometimes can be rabbi people because you only have the perspective of hard working, hard working, and going to die. Och slaver kan någon gång vara hårda människor för de har bara perspektiv av att jobba och jobba och vara slaver. And they lived in a country for centuries with many gods, many Egyptian gods. Och i århundraden så levde de i ett land där var det var många guder. So when God took them to the desert, He wanted to make them a holy people, a holy priesthood. So that God took them out of the desert, so He wanted to make them a holy people, a holy priesthood. And He gave them in the desert Sinai on the Mount of Horeb. He gave them 613 commandments. And on the mountain of Horeb, on the mountain of Horeb, He gave them how many? 613 lover. Gud ville være et folk fulle av vittnesbyd og ord om han som hellig. People of Israel promised to God, "We will keep all your covenant, all your commandments." Og Israels folk, de lovte Gud at vi skal holde alle dine bud. But we all know they failed. Men vi vet alle at de mislyktes i det. Every time 
They made trespasses and followed other gods. Hver gang så gikk de feil og så fulgte de andre guder. And God spoke his ordeals and judgment that they will go in exile when they follow other gods. Og Gud han talte sine dommer over dem og sa at de kom til å gå inn i fangenskap hvis de fulgte andre guder. And they they got in exile, Assyrian and Babylonian exile. Og så kom de under assyrisk og babylonisk eksil. But all these exiles and all these punishments and all these ordeals were always temporarily. Men alle disse fangenskap og alle disse problemene som de møtte, det var alles alt alt da, det var midlertidig. God never stopped his eternity. Everlasting covenant with Abraham. Gud avsluttet aldri sin evige pakt med Abraham. And all the prophets speak about the future return of the Jewish people out of exile. Og alle profetene talte om at i fremtiden så kom det israelske folk til å komme ut av fangenskap. We can read Ezra and Nehemiah about the return from Babylonian exile. I Ezra og Nehemiah så leser vi om at de kom tilbake fra det babylonske fangenskap. And we can read in over 200 passages in the Bible about a future return of the Jewish people. Og i over 200 avsnitt av Bibelen så kan vi lese om en fremtidig tilbakevending av det israelske folk. And then we and Christians and Christian churches we often believe that the Jewish people had broke broke covenant of God. Og vi som kristne vi tror ofte at Israels folk hadde brutt Guds løfter. By following other gods. Ved å følge andre guder. But they did not break the covenant with Abraham because that was the one-sided everlasting covenant made by God. Men de kunne ikke bryte pakten som var inngått med Abraham for det var en ensidig pakt som var inngått kun av Gud. They broke the covenant, the promise that they made towards God in the Sinai desert. De brøt løftet og pakten som de hadde inngått med Gud i Sinai-ørkenen. And then the Lord God promises the Jewish people that he will make a new covenant. Og så lover Herren Gud Israel at han vil inngå en ny pakt. Also called a renewed covenant. Som også kalles en fornyet pakt. And we as Christians, we always thought the old covenant was with Israel. Og vi som kristne tenker at den gamle pakten var med Israel. And that's finished. Og så er det ferdig. And the new covenant is made between Jesus and the Christian church. Og den nye pakten er inngått mellom Jesus og den kristne menigheten. And that was a huge mistake. Og det er en stor feil. Because the new covenant will be made with Israel. Fordi den pakten vil bli inngått med Israel. Oh, wait. Ja. Okay. So, Jeremiah 31, one of the most beautiful chapters in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 31, et av de vakreste avsnittene i det gamle testamentet. Because Jeremiah 31 speaks about two important things. Fordi Jeremiah 31 taler om to viktige ting. The return of the Jewish people in the end of times. Gjenkomsten til det israelske folk i endetiden. And the new covenant. Og den nye pakt. And third, that the Lord says to the nations, to us, us, preach about this. Og det tredje, at Herren sier til nasjonene og til oss, forkynn dette. Let's read Jeremiah 31, verse 31. 
Låt oss läsa Jeremia kapitel 31 vers 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. Se, dagar ska komma, säger Herren. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Då jag slutar en ny pakt med Israels hus och Judas hus. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Inte som den pakten jag slutat med fedren deras den dagen jag tog dem i handen och förde dem ut av Egypt. My covenant that they broke. Den pakten bröt de. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. Enda jag var deras herre, herre, säger Herren. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. Men detta pakten jag vill slutte med Israels hus i de i dagar som kommer, säger Herren. I will put my law within them. Jag lägger min lov i deras sin. And I will write it on their heart. Och skriva den i deras hjärta. And I will and I their God, and they shall be my people. Jag ska vara det var Gud och de ska vara mitt folk. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. För jag vill tillge skylden deras och inte och ingen huska synden. Here we can read that Lord calls himself a husband to Israel. Här kan vi läsa att Herren kallar sig själv för Israels ektemann. So the Lord married Israel. Herren gifted sig med Israel. The relationship between God and the Jewish people is a relationship in the sense of a marriage. Relationen mellan Gud och Israels folk är en relation som ett äktenskap. So also, we also see that the new covenant is not a replacement of the covenant with Abraham because that's eternal. It's a replacement of the covenant in the Sinai desert with the 613 commandments. Och vi ser också att den nya pakten är inte en ersättningspakt för pakten som Gud ingick med Israel, men det är en en ny pakt i förhåll till de 613 lovene som blev gitt till Israels folk som de bröt. And God will forgive them all their sins. Och så vill Gud tillgi deras all deras synd. We often said, "Are the Jews they killed Jesus, they rejected Jesus?" Och vi säger ofta att å judarna de drepte Jesus och ja. So the covenant is broken. Så pakten är brutt. They are not anymore God's people. De är inte längre det folket. But we as reading carefully the Bible is something that we find before it's very difficult. Men det att läsa Bibeln nöje, det är något vi och vi är vanskligt för oss. Because Jeremiah 31 is so clear. För att Jeremia 31 är så tydlig. A new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. En ny pakt med Israels hus och Judas hus. The ten tribes and the two tribes. De tio stammarna och de två stammarna. And it is as if God in the days of Jeremiah. Och så är det som att Gud i Jeremias dagar. 2,600 years ago. 2,600 år sedan. As if the Lord already was aware of the fact that in the future there will be Christians who think that Israel is played out. Så är det som att Gud han hade i tanken att i framtiden till att vara kristne som tänkte att judarna var uvarit. And so the Holy Spirit made Jeremiah write a few sentences more. Så den hellige ånd hellig Jeremia till att skriva ett par setningar till. And look what he says. Och se på vad han säger. Because this is not to the Jewish people, this is to us. För detta är inte till det judiska folket, detta är till oss. Thus says the Lord. Så säger Herren. 
Who gives the sun for light by day? Han som satte solen till att lysa om dagen. And the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night. Och bestämte månen och stjärnorna till att lysa om natten. Who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar? Han som rörer upp havet så bölgarna drönner. The Lord of hosts is his name. Herren över härskarna är hans namn. If this fixed order departs, låt er dessa räddningarna vika. From before me declares the Lord. Sier Herren. Then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation nay for me forever. Då skall också Israels ett för alltid upphöra och vara ett folk för mitt ansikt. So when the Jewish people finish being God's people. Så när kommer det judiska folket till att inte längre vara Guds folk? We always thought when they crucified Jesus or when they rejected Jesus, then they were not anymore God's people. Vi trodde alltid att ja, då de korsfästet Jesus, Jesus tog liv av Jesus, då var de inte längre Guds folk. What does the Bible say? Men vad säger Bibeln? Israel will not be God's people anymore when the suns stop shining when the moons stops shining and when the sea does not make a roaring sound Israel vill sluta vara Herrens folk när solen slutar att lyse när månen slutar att lyse och när havet slutar att bröla bruse I have to tell you a little joke Jag måste jag måste fortælla dig en liten vits Before I became the director of Christians for Israel Før jag blev um, leder för Christians for Israel i was a, for eight years a pastor in a Dutch fisherman's village near the seaside. Så var jag i åtta år pastor i en liten nederländsk fiskelandsby. With a beautiful boulevard and a beach. Med en flott sån gågata och en strand. And I preached about this text. Och så förkynte jag över den texten här. On a Sunday. På en söndag. And I told the people Whenever you walk on the boulevard and the seaside and when you hear the waves roaring Och jag sa till folk att när det går där på strandpromenaden vid 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 vattnet där och där det hörs sjön bruse Then you know Israel is still God's people. Så vill det veta att Israel fortsatt är Guds folk. But after the church service when we drank some coffee Men efter gudstjänsten när vi hade kaffe There was a clever man he came to me. Så var det en smart man som kom till mig. He said Pastor, Pastor, there are days that the wind is so silent that you cannot hear the waves roaring. Finns dagar, vet du, då vinden är så stilla att inte du kan höra bölgarna bruse. I said, Ah, you're a clever man. You try to trick me. Och jag sa, Ah, du är smart. Du prövar att lura mig. I said, When you walk along the seaside and the wind is silent and you cannot hear the waves. Och så sa jag till henne att när du går där vid 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 havet och du och där vinden är så stilla och du kan höra bölgarna bruse. And you think now the Jews are going to pack the suitcases and leave Israel? Och du tänker att nu kommer judarna att packa kofferten sin och resa från Israel? Then come back the next day to the beach. Då gå tillbaka gå till dagen efter till stranden där. And you will hear the waves roaring again. Och så vill du höra bölgarna bruna bruna. So can the Lord give more clarity? Så kan kan Herren ge mer klar tydlig och klarhet klarhet. About the everlasting covenant with the Jewish people. Om den evige pakten med det judiska folk. I have a lot of more Bible texts. Jag har många fler bibeltexter. But when it's up to these texts. 
Men når det er opp til disse tekstene... Andrew and I can leave, leave to the hotel and so, take a wine. Så so kan Andrew og jeg gå tilbake til hotellet og drikke litt vin. What more do we have to say? Hva mer er det å si enn dette? But we will continue. Men vi skal fortsette. The day before Jesus died... Dag før Jesus døde... Jesus celebrated the Pesach meal, the Pesach feast, with his 12 Jewish disciples. Så skjedde Jesus Pesach-måltidet med sine 12 disipler. The Christian church did not exist. Den kristne kirke eksisterte ikke enda. So it was a Jewish feast. Så det var en jødisk fest. And Jesus was only with his Jewish friends. Og Jesus var bare der med sine jødiske venner. So it was a totally Jewish event. Så det var en fullstendig jødisk fest. And then Jesus broke the bread. Og så brød Jesus brød. Gave it to his disciples. Han gav det til disiplene sine. And referred to his body. Og refererte til sitt legeme. But then he took the wine. Men så tog han vinen. And then Jesus says. Og så sa Jesus. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is which poured out." På samme måte tok han begre etter måltidet og sa Begre er den nye pakt i mitt blod som blir utøst for dere. Så Jesus sier til sine jødiske disipler Når jeg dør i morgen på korset Blodet strømmer ut av mine hender og mine føtter Det blodet er den nye pakt Og det blir ut for deg og det blir øst ut for deg. For det jødiske folk. Og jeg hører at du tenker, åh, men hvor er vi kristne? Dere kommer. Vi kommer til dere. Dette, Jesus referte til, men her refererte Jesus til Jeremia 31. Så hvem skal etablere den nye pakken? Jesus. Med Israel. Og den nye pakken ble etablert. Jesus gjorde alt som måtte gjøres. Men effekten av den nye pakken ble etablert. Men effekten av den nye pakten måtte oppfylles i det. For fortsatt er det sånn at i Israel synder mennesker. Og Herrens lov er ikke enda fullkommen i deres hjerte. Neither is the word of God in his full sense in our hearts, because we all, all sin every day. Og det er heller ikke Guds ord i sin fylde i oss, fordi vi også synder hver dag. Og så døde Jesus. Og så sto han opp fra de døde. Og reiste til himmelen. Og så ble den hellige ånd øst ut. Og pinsen kom. Og det var en jødisk fest som het Shavuot. And thousands of Jews who lived outside Israel came to Israel to celebrate Shavuot. Og tusen jøder som bodde utenfor Israel, de kom til Israel for å feire Shavuot. And they were all crowded in Jerusalem. Og det var helt pakket med folk i Jerusalem. And then the Holy Spirit came. Og så kom den hellige ånd. And thousands of Jews 
3000 jøder fick sina ögon öppnet att Jesus är Messias. And then you might think, but where are we? Och så tänker du kanske men du kan, var är vi? Because Jesus told his disciples, wait until the Holy Spirit comes and then go out to the whole wide world and spread the gospel and baptize the people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. För Jesus sa att du sa till den helige ande kommer och gå så ut och förkynna evangeliet i alla folkeslag och döp dig i den i Faderns, Sonens och Helgons namn. And do you know who was the first gentile who was converted to Jesus? Och vet du vem den första hedningen som blev omvänd till Jesus var? The first that we know. Den första som vi känner till. Perhaps there were more before, but we don't know. Kanske det var före det, men de känner inte vi till. But the first that we know was, was the Roman soldier, Roman officer Cornelius, living in Caesarea. Men den första som vi känner till var den romerska officeren Cornelius som bodde i Caesarea. And an angel came to Cornelius. Och en engel kom till Cornelius. And the angel explained why Cornelius will be the first Gentile to believe in Jesus. Och engeln förklarade varför Cornelius kom till att bli den första hedningen som vände sig till Jesus. Do you know why God chose Cornelius? Vet du varför Gud valde Cornelius? It's not me because I'm living in 2023. Det är inte mig för jag lever nu i 2023. The angel told him, God. Of your prayers to the God of Israel and your blessings to the Jewish people have become did come in God's memory. So because he searched the God of Israel för att han sökte efter Israels Gud and because he blessed Israel that's why God chose him. Där utvalde Gud han. That's not my explanation. Det är inte min förklaring. That's what we can read in Acts 10. Det är det vi kan läsa om i Apostlenes gärning kapitel 10. And that makes me remind the covenant with Abraham. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. Och det får mig att låta huska på pakten med Abraham. Abraham som vill signa dig, vill jag väl signa. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Och den som förbanner dig, vill jag förbanna. And so we always thought that when Jesus came. The covenant with this, with this, finished. So we thought all the time that Jesus came, so was the covenant with Israel finished. And now the Christian Church is God's only people. And that was the Christian Church, God's only people. No, Israel is still God's people. No, Israel was God's, still God's people. And the covenant with Israel is still valid. And the covenant with Israel was still valid. And Paul takes a. Writes a full book, the book of Romans. Or Paulus skriver en hel bok, Romarna, in which he describes the relationship between the Christian Church, the Jewish people, and God. Hvor han beskriver relationen mellan den kristne kyrke och Israels folk och Gud. And then Paul says about the Jewish people. Och så säger Paulus om det judiska folk. He says, "There is the adoption to sonship." Romans nine, verse four. Romans nine, verse four to five. They are Israelites. They have the right to be God's children. There's the divine glory. Oh, holiness! The covenants. Pactene. The receiving of the law. Law. 
the temple worship and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs er and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah. De har fedrene, eh, fra dem også who is God over all han som er Gud overalt, forever praised, amen. Velsignet i all evighet, amen. So Paul does not say, they killed Jesus, they rejected Jesus, so they are not anymore God's sons. Så Paulus sier ikke at ja, men de, de forstet Jesus, og de tog livet av Jesus, og de er ikke lenger Guds sønner. No, Paul Nei. says, theirs is the adoption to sonship. Nei, de sier at de er sønner. Did God take the glory, glory from Israel? Tok Herren herligheten bort fra Israel? Deres is the divine glory. Deres er herligheten. Did God stop the covenant? Avslutt Gud, avslutt Gud. Deres er the covenants. Nei, lo- pakten tilhører dem. The receiving of the law. Og loven. The temple worship. Tempeltjenesten. Did God finish the promises for Israel? Avsluttet Gud løftene for Israel? Deres er the promises. Løftene tilhører til dem. It's all still valid. Det er fortsatt, alt, fort, alt sammen er fortsatt gyldig. And then the last text that I want to quote, um, I see it's a, it's a quarter past eight. So den siste teksten jeg skal gå inn i, den er kvart over åtte nå. And then when Paul finishes his letter to the Romans, så når Paulus avslutter brevet sitt til romerne, tomorrow I'm going to read some passages from the chapters 9, 10, 11. I morgen så skal jeg lese noe fra avsnittene 9, 10 og 11. Then, as it is as if Paul thinks, well, let me emphasize and repeat something just to make clear that people cannot misunderstand me. Så er det som at Paulus sier at, ok, la meg bare le- skrive igjen sånn at jeg skal gjøre det helt tydelig og klart og folk ikke kan misforstå mig. Then Paul says in Romans 15, verse 8. Så sier Paulus i Romerne kapittel 15, vers 8. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews. For det sier jeg dere, Kristus ble en tjener for de omskårne. On behalf of God's truth. For å vise at Gud taler sant. So that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed. Og for å stadfeste løftene til fedrene. And moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Men også for at hedningefolkene skal ære Gud As it is written, for hans barmhjertighet. Rejoice you Gentiles with his people. Som det står skrevet, derfor vil jeg prise deg blant folkene og lovsynge ditt navn. We often thought that Jesus stopped the covenant with Israel. Vi trodde uh, mange ganger at, at Gud har avsluttet sine løfter til Israel. That with the withering of Jesus, the promises for Israel were all going to the Christian church. At Jesus kom, så ble disse løftene uh, tilhørende den kristne kirke. And we thought that the Jews were a cursed and condemned people. Og så tenkte vi at jødene var et forbannet og et forkastet folk. Replacement theology. Erstatningsteologi. Tomorrow or Wednesday, it's a bit dependent on the program, I will show you with a PowerPoint the origin and the development of replacement theology. I morgen eller onsdag så skal jeg vise på PowerPoint utviklingen av denne erstatningsteologien. But, but Paul says that Jesus came as a servant of the Jewish people. Men Paulus sier at Jesus kom som en tjener for det jødiske folk. So that the promises might be confirmed. Sånn at løftene skulle bli bekreftet. Confirmed means you 
You underwrite the promises. Bekräftet betyder att du streker under löftena. So not a cross between the promises. Så inte nå kryss över löftena. But you underline them. Men du streker under dig. Jesus confirmed the promises of all the promises of God made in the Old Testament that now Jesus came to confirm them. Jesus bekräftet alla löftena som var givna av Gud i det gamla testamentet. Han kom för att bekräfta det. And then he says, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. Och så säger han, gläder dere hedningar sammen med hans folk. So you have the Christian church. Så du har den kristna kyrka. And you have the people of Israel. Och så har du Israels folk. And there are differences. Och så är det skillnader, ja. Yes, we have different opinions on some kind of things. Ja, vi har olika meningar om olika ting. But it is our calling. Men det är vårt kall. Together with the Jewish people. Och samla oss samman med det israeliska folk. Praise the Lord. Priset vare Herren. And rejoice. Och gläd oss, prisa Herren och gläd oss. Shake hands. Och ta varandra i handen. Make friendship. Och ingå i en vänskap. And tell them we are brothers. Och säg till dem att vi är bröder. We have the same God. Och vi har den samma Gud. And we have the same Bible. Och vi har den samma Bibel. And we all believe in the Messiah. Och vi tror alla på Messias. Whether many Jews who believe in the Messiah perhaps think that it is not Jesus. Selvom många judar som tror på Messias tänker att det inte är Jesus. But in their prayers they pray for the restoration of Jerusalem and the coming of the Messiah. Men i deras böner så ber de om genupprättelsen av Jerusalem och att Messias ska komma. And when the Messiah will come. Och när Messias kommer. They will recognize him. Så vill de igenkänna han. And say, oh, are you the Messiah? Och säg, wow, är du Messias? Baruch ha Baruch ha b'Hashem Adonai. Blessed who will come in the name. Velsignet är han som vill komma i Jesu namn. Many questions will remain. Och många spärrsmål smål igen. I am aware. Jag är klar över det. But we have until Wednesday afternoon. Men vi har tid helt fram till onsdag eftermiddag. Thank you. Tack. Good well, good evening everybody. God kväll alla samman. And for me also an honor to be with you. Därför också för mig en stor ära att vara med dig. Um, Cornelius and I know each other very well. Cornelius och jag vi känner varandra väldigt gott. And what we're trying to do with you during these days. Det vi prövar att göra med dig dessa dagarna. Is to help us understand the Bible and the current realities. Det är att försöka hjälpa dig att förstå Bibeln och de nuvarande realiteter. My father-in-law was the founder of Christians for Israel. Min svigerfar var grundläggare av Christians for Israel. And he always used to say we need to understand the Bible next to the newspaper. Han sa alltid att vi måste förstå Bibeln vid sidan av avisen. So what God says, what he does. Vad Gud säger och vad han gör. Is not any abstract. Är inte abstrakt. But it's manifested in the realities of every day. Men det manifesteras i verkligheten i vardagen. And it's true in your life and my life. Och det är sant om ditt liv och i mitt liv. It's true also in Israel. Det är också sant om Israel. It's true for the nations. Det är sant för nationer. And it's true for the church. Och det är sant för menigheten. So I was born in Australia. Jag blev född i Australien. I've been living in Europe for 30 years. Jag har bott i Europa i 30 år. We have four grown-up children. Vi har fyra vuxna barn. And I trained as a lawyer. 
But I feel very privileged that the Lord has brought me into relationship with Israel and the Jewish people. When I grew up, maybe it's the same for you, I didn't never really understood Israel. I had a lot of Jewish friends, but I didn't understand the modern state of Israel. And only when I started traveling to Israel about 20 years ago, God started to reveal his love for the Jewish people today. And for the Palestinians. And for the Arabs. God loves all the peoples of the earth. But his covenant for blessing the nations is through the tribes of Israel. As we've just heard, the covenants are eternal. So God is doing a miraculous thing through this modern recreated state of Israel. And my purpose in speaking to you in these days is to help us understand what is this conflict we call the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Or the Israeli-Arab conflict. What is this conflict really all about? Is it between the Jews and the Arabs? Is it between Israel and the Palestinians? Or is there something deeper really happening? It's about religion and politics and law. So the topics that I'm going to share with you uh, over these tonight and the next four uh, sessions. First of all, we're going to ask ourselves, what is the nature of this conflict? Then we're going to look at the different ways that the nations look at the conflict. We're all familiar with the two-state solution. Everybody says Israel is denying the Palestinians a state. And we're going to discover that actually it's not about the Palestinian state. I want to share to you in the third session a little bit how the legal system works and how the United Nations is being used as a weapon against Israel. And the fourth, we're going to talk a little bit about this great effort we've been making to create a Palestinian state. For 50 years, you and I have been paying a lot of money to create a Palestinian state. And it hasn't happened yet. And then we're going to look at the current conflict. And look at some of the issues around the, uh, the conflict Israel has with Hamas. Hamas. Now, when we planned this seminar, we had no idea what was going to happen. 
Two weeks ago, for two weeks ago, on the 7th of October, October, thousands of Hamas leaders and warriors so var det tusenvis av Hamas ledare och krigare broke through into Israel som bröt sig genom in i Israel and slaughtered over 1500 Jews och slaktat mer än 1500 judar babies baby children barn mothers mammar grandparents bestföräldrar and the most brutal and and horrible way you can imagine och på det mest brutala och grufulla måte du kan föreställa and they've taken more than 200 into gaza as hostages och de har tagit med sig mer än 200 in i gaza som gisslor 212 Jewish people of different nationalities 212 judiska människor av olika nationaliteter are being held in gaza today behållt i gaza idag and we don't know if they're dead or alive. Och vi vet inte om de är döda eller levande. So we have here one of the most brutal conflicts so possible. Så vi har här en av de mest brutala konflikterna som överhuvudtaget är möjlig. More Jews were killed in that one day than any day since the Holocaust. Fler judar blev döpta på den ena dagen än någon dag sedan Holocaust. So this is not like the many conflicts we've had over the last years. Så detta är inte som de många konflikter vi har haft genom de senaste åren. For Israel, this is a war now with Hamas and all those who stand with Hamas. For Israel, so it's now a war with Hamas and all those who stand with Hamas. It's a war with the enemies of the Jewish state. It's a war with the enemies of the Jewish state. It's a war with the enemies of the Jewish state. It's a war with the enemies of the Jewish state. It's a war with the enemies of the Jewish state. It's a war with the it's not only Hamas, it's Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Many other Islamist Jihad movements. Not only in the Gaza Strip, but also in the West Bank. Judea and Samaria. But also in Lebanon. Men också i Libanon. Hezbollah is also sponsored by Iran. Hezbollah är också sponsrat av Iran. And waiting to attack Israel. Och väntar på angripisa. In Syria there are many many militia groups. I Syria så är det många militiagrupper. So we have here the beginning of what could become a much bigger conflict. Så vi har här något som kan bli en mycket mycket större konflikt. Israel is preparing now to go into Gaza. Israel förbereder sig nu till att gå in i Gaza. For the last two weeks, we've seen the images, haven't we, of Israel attacking specific parts of Gaza Strip. In the last two weeks, we've seen images of how Israel directed attacks on specific goals in Gaza Strip. But hundreds of thousands of soldiers have been called up to start a campaign to go into Gaza and to eliminate Hamas. And hundreds of thousands of soldiers have been called in to go into Hamas and out of Gaza and eliminate Hamas. Now, many Christians have a problem with this. How should we look at this conflict? Shouldn't we stand up for the Palestinians? Even the Palestinian Christians have just come out with a declaration calling for the church globally to support the Palestinians and not Israel kallar på kyrken världen över till att stötta palestinerna och icke Israel. 
Now these are not all the Palestinian Christians. Nå er ikke dette alle de palestinske kristne. It's just the leaders of the political Palestinian Christian movement. Det er bare lederne for den politiske palestinske bevegelsen. But they say the church should support the victims. Men de sier at kirken bør støtte opp under offrene. And the real victims are not the Jewish ones who were killed. Og de virkelige offrene er ikke jødene som ble drept but the Palestinians who are not being given the state that they should have. Israel is persecuting the Palestinians. So this conflict is the fault and the responsibility of Israel. And I think in the coming days and weeks, we're going to see a lot more um, conflict a lot more confusion so we will say mye mer konflikt og mye mer forvirring and a lot more criticism of the state of Israel og mye mer kritikk mot staten Israel many countries stood with Israel these last two weeks mange land som har stått med Israel de siste par ukene but now I think they're going to start turning against Israel men nå tror jeg de kommer til å begynne å vende seg mot Israel so we have a war against Hamas so vi har en krig mot Hamas but we know it's a much broader war than just the Gaza Strip. It involves Iran, maybe Turkey, Qatar. Vi vet at det er en mye større krig enn bare Gaza-stripen. Det involverer Iran, Tyrkia og Qatar. Russia, not to forget, is very active in Syria. Russland, for ikke å glemme det, er veldig aktiv i Syria. And since 1973, the UN and the European Union have been making sure that we are creating a Palestinian state. Og siden 1973 har FN og EU forvisset seg om at But this policy has failed. Men denne politikken har mislyktes. And the question is now, what is the way forward? Og spørsmålet er nå, hva er veien videre? So what I want to share with you this evening is just, let's start thinking about what this conflict is all about. Så det jeg gjerne vil dele med Rikkel, la oss begynne å tenke på hva denne konflikten er sånn. And I want to invite you to think that this is not just a conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. It's not about territory. It's not about where borders should be. It is an existential conflict. And I think the actions of Hamas the brutality of killing Jews because they are Jews. And Hamas does not represent all Palestinians. But it shows a spirit, a deeply evil spirit. Which is determined to eliminate the Jewish state. And I think as Christians we need to grasp this reality. So let's go a little bit back in history. A little bit difficult to see, we're talking about 2,000 years ago. The Romans destroyed Jerusalem. The temple was destroyed. And in the coming decades, the city of Jerusalem would also be destroyed. And the Jews who lived, it was only a remnant of the Jewish people who had come back from Babylon were dispersed into the diaspora. 
So for 2000 years the Jews have been living all around the world but not in their homeland. Så i 2000 år har judene levd over hele verden men ikke i sitt hjemland. Here we have the arch of Titus in Rome. Her har vi Titusbuen i Roma. Showing how in the year 135 the Jews and all the all the parts of the temple were taken to Rome. And I think this image shows very well. Remember the words of Jesus. He said, Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. 2,000 years of Gentile domination of Jerusalem. And we had many empires who were controlling Jerusalem. Just some of them we had the crusaders who came from Europe to, to take back Jerusalem from the Muslims killing and slaughtering Jews on the way and we finally had the Ottoman Empire the Turkish Empire ruled from Byzantium from Istanbul. Styrt fra Byzantium og Istanbul. For 400 years. I 400 år. Until the First World War. Until First Verdenskrig. I'll come back to that in a moment. Jeg kommer tilbake til det om et øyeblikk. Here just a, a map to show a little bit how the Jews were moved all around the world for th for hundreds and hundreds of years. Her er et lite kart som viser hvordan jødene ble verden i hundrevis år. And this is just Europe. Og dette er bare Europa. And the Jews were pushed from country to country. Og jødene ble skjøvet fra land til land. They were thrown out of Portugal. They were out of Portugal. Thrown out of Spain. Out of thrown out of England. Out of England. They, some of them made their way to the Netherlands. And from the Netherlands they made their way to many other parts of the world. Others were pushed up into what is now Germany. And into Poland and to the Ukraine and Russia. So many, many Jews by the First World War were living in Eastern Europe. So many, many Jews in the First World War, they lived in Eastern Europe. It was called the Pale of Settlement. They were called for Bosetnia. Modern-day Ukraine. The modern Ukraine. And western part of Russia. And the western part of Russia. Millions and millions of Jewish people. Millions of Jewish people. And of course they were distributed and dispersed around the world as you can see in this map. Uh, I come from Australia. And many, many Jews living in Australia. In Africa, in Asia. North and South America. Jews all over the world. But let's go back to the First World War. The end of the Ottoman Empire. 
And I think this moment was a watershed in human history. The First World War was the end of the era of empires. We had the British Empire. Uh, I'm from Australia. It used to be a colonies of the British Empire. Half of the world belonged to empires. The Germans had their empires. The Ottomans had their empire. The Russians had their empire. But in the end, in the First World War, these empires collapsed or began to collapse. And we started a, a new century of the nation states. So the modern state of Israel came out of this period. So the modern state of Israel came out of this period. When the Allied powers defeated the, the Germans and the Ottomans, this was the territory that belonged to the Ottoman Empire. And it's all of modern northern Africa, the Middle East, and the southeast part of Europe. And all of this area today is a very troubled and turbulent part of the world. The Allies had to make a very difficult decision. What were they going to do with the territories of the German and Ottoman Hungarian empires? It also included half of Africa. Det inkluderte også halve Afrika. Even down to the Pacific region. Helt langt ned til Stillehavsregionen. And an important decision was made. Og det ble tatt en viktig beslutning. They decided that they would no longer have colonial empires. De bestemte seg for at ikke mer skulle vi ha kolonialistiske imperier. Woodrow Wilson, the president of the United States. USA's president Woodrow Wilson who came into the war at the end of the First World War, brought in this idea of the self-determination of nations and peoples. And the idea was that the world would no longer be ruled by Europe but the nations of the world would have their own identity. The modern idea of self-determination. And today we're still trying to work out how nations can have their own self-determination. And the way that they gave shape and form to this idea was to create a system of mandates. A mandate was like a trust. It sounds a little bit patronizing. But the Europeans were saying, the peoples of this area must become independent and self-sustaining. De sa at de, folkene i disse områdene må bli selvstendige og selvopprettholdende. 
and we will help them to become that. Och vi ska hjälpa dem att bli det. We're talking about the modern Arab nations. Vi snackar om de moderna arabiska nationer. And we're talking about African nations. Och vi snackar om afrikanska nationer. And Pacific Island nations. Stillehavsnationer. So the mandate was a little bit like colonialism. Så mandatet var lite som kolonialisme. But it was actually the opposite of colonialism. Men egentligen var det det motsatta av kolonialisme. And for the Middle East they created three mandates. Och för Mellanöstern så skapade man tre mandater. One for Syria. Det ena för Syria. One for Mesopotamia or Iraq. Det ena för Mesopotamia eller Irak. And one for Palestine. Och det tredje för Palestina. And the modern state of Syria, the modern state of Iraq. Och den moderna staten Syria, moderna staten Irak. Like many other states. Som många andra stater. Were created out of this system. Vi skapat ut av detta system. This was the birth of the modern Middle East. Detta var födseln till den moderna Mellanöstern. And this is what Palestine looked like. Och sån så Palestina ut. Okay, so we talk today about a two-state solution west of the Jordan River. Vi snackar idag om en tvåstatslösning väst för Jordanälven. But Palestine at that time. Men Palestina på den tiden. Palestine is an area. Palestina är ett område. It's a name given by the Romans to this territory. Det är ett namn som är gitt av romarna till detta territorium. So the word Palestine is a very old name. It's 2000 years old. Så ordet Palestina, det är ett väldigt gammalt namn. Det är 2000 år gammalt. It was given by the Emperor Hadrian to refer to the Philistines. Det var gitt av kejsar Hadrian som skulle vise henvise till filisterna. Because Hadrian wanted to destroy any kind of Jewish connection with the land. För det Hadrian ville till intet göra en vär koppling mellan som judarna hade till landet. So the spirit of the Roman Empire. Så den ond som rådde i Romeriket. We can hear that in this word Palestine. Vi kan höra det i detta ord Palestina. It has an idea of 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 controlling the area. Det har i sig en idé om att kontrollera området. But it is an area, so Palestine was full of many different peoples. Så Palestina var fylld av olika många olika typer av människor. We're talking 1920. Two years after the end of the First World War. Två år efter avslutningen av första världskriget. And this area was to become the place where the Jewish people could re-establish their national home. Och detta område var det område där judarna skulle kunna reetablera sitt nationella hem. We're going to talk later a bit more about this mandate for Palestine. Vi ska snacka mer senare om detta mandatet för Palestina. But I want to just emphasize here. Men jag vill gärna understryka här. This is the land that Cornelius was talking about before of the promise to Israel. Detta är det landet som Cornelius snackade om tidigare som är löftet till Israel. And you can see it's from Dan in the north right up on the border with modern day Lebanon. Du kan se där uppe i norr mot det moderna Libanon. Right down to Beersheba in the south in the Negev. Helt ner till Beersheba i söder i Negevörknen. All the way down to the Gulf of Aqaba. Helt ner till Aqababukten. And all the way from the Mediterranean Sea right through until what is now Saudi Arabia. Helt från Middelhavet in i det som idag är Saudi Arabia. It's not exactly a biblical boundaries. Det är akkurat ett bibelske gränser. But when the Allies created this mandate, men då de allierade skapte detta mandatet, they had the Bible in mind. Så hade de Bibeln i tankarna. 
And it was the British Prime Minister who brought into the meeting of the Allied powers in San Remo som in I som de I San Remo. a map of this area showing from Dan to Beersheba. So the idea was very much that the Jewish people belong in this area. It's their homeland. And Palestine is intended to be recreating this Jewish homeland. But then, of course, reality kicked in. Men så in. Life was not so simple. Livet var ikke så Palestine, of course, was a place where many other peoples were living. Var hvor mange andre også levde. The Jews were less than 10%. Var mindre enn 10%. And the people we now call the Palestinians were 90% of the population. And these people came from all over the place. From Europe. From Africa. From the Middle East. And they were moving in and out of this area called Palestine. And this was recognized in the mandate for Palestine that there were many, many other ethnic and religious groups in Palestine. But around this time, the Arab peoples started to develop their own idea of Arab nationality. And during the First World War, they said, we Arabs want to recreate our home. Of course, these are Arab-speaking peoples who came up from uh, from Saudi, what, what is now Saudi Arabia, from Arabia. And they developed the idea that we in the whole region are an Arab people and this land belongs to us Arabs. So we had a kind of a conflict emerging. We have the colonial empires of Britain and France. We have the Jews who are looking for their homeland of Zion and Zionism. And we had the Arabs who were trying to defeat the Turkish uh, Ottoman Empire. And the British did what the British do very well. It's called a compromise. Churchill came to the Middle East in 1921. And he says, you know what we'll do? Let's divide Palestine. We'll give half of Palestine or more than half to the Arabs. We'll call it Transjordan. We call it for Transjordania. The land on the other side of the Jordan. And we'll keep Palestine west of the Jordan. For the Jewish homeland. 
Sounded like a good idea. <laughs> and so we have the beginning of this whole idea of two states. Så fick vi begynnelsen av hele denne tanken om to stater. And dividing the land. It's a very human idea. Det er veldig menneskelig det. We think we solve problems by creating divisions. Vi tror vi løser problemer ved å skape splittelser. I think we're going to discover that God has a different way. Jeg tror vi skal oppdage at Gud har en annerledes måte. But this was the beginning of the modern republic uh, of Jordan. Men dette var begynnelsen på den moderne republikken Jordan. Sorry, uh, king kingdom of Jordan. Det moderne kongedømme Jordan. It was called Transjordan. Det ble kalt for Transjordania. And after the Second World War became the modern state of Jordan. Og etter andre verdenskrig ble det den moderne staten Jordan. And the British put some Arabs in charge. Og britene de satte en del arabere i, med ansvar for det. It was not a great success. Det var ikke noe stor suksess. But one of them still remains the king of Jordan. Men en av dem forblir fortsatt til den dag konge over Jordan. So the king Hussein of Jordan. Så kong Hussein av Jordan. Claims to be the descendant of Muhammad. Han hevder å være etterkommer av Muhammad. He is really from Arabia. Han er egentlig fra Arabia. But of course most of the other nations of the Middle East are not Arab in that sense. Syria is not an Arab state. Syria er ikke en arabisk stat. Egypt do not consider themselves to be Arabs. Of course Iranians as well are Persians and not Arabs. And most of the people of Jordan are also not Arabs. They didn't come from Arabia. These were this mix of Palestinian ethnic and religious groups who are now calling themselves Palestinians. So my point is this is a real mix of different kinds of religious and ethnic uh, and national groups. Så poenget mitt er at dette er egentlig en veldig mix av ulike etniske, religiøse og nasjonale grupper. Now, after the division of Transjordan, the question remained how to create this Jewish homeland in the remaining part of Palestine. Så etter denne delingen med Transjordania, hvordan skulle man skape en jødisk stat i den palestinske hjemland? And for two decades between the first and the second world wars, og i to tiår mellom første og andre verdenskrig, the British tried time and again, så prøvde britene gang på gang, to reach a compromise between the Jews and the Arab Palestinians. The Jewish uh, Palestinians, as they were called, were trying to recreate their homeland as promised to them. The Arab Palestinians, or some of them, were fighting against them to stop them creating this Jewish homeland. And the British were trying to keep everybody happy. So they created royal commissions so de skapte royale eller kongelige kommissioner and committees of inquiry og granskningskomiteer and other kinds of groups og andre typer av grupper to think of a good idea for å tenke opp en god idé how to solve this conflict hvordan man skal løse denne konflikten 
And there were two state solutions. Det var to statsløsninger. There were three state solutions. Det var tre statsløsninger. There were one state solutions. Det var en statsløsninger. This was one of them. Det var en av dem. The Palestine Royal Commission. En palestinsk kongelige kommission. Of 1937. Av 1937. Which was going to divide into three areas. Så skulle dele det op i tre områder. One area for the Jews. Et område for jødene. One area for the Arabs. Et område for araberne. And one area would be for Jerusalem, a kind of international area. Og et område skulle være Jerusalem, et slags internasjonalt område. And for 100 years we've been trying to divide this land to keep everybody happy. Og i 100 år har vi forsøkt å dele opp dette landet for å holde alle sammen glade. Of course, in the meantime, the Germans were seeking to destroy and annihilate the Jews in Europe. Og i mellomtiden så forsøkte tyskerne å ødelegge og utslette jødene i Europa. So one of the questions was how to create this Jewish homeland to give a place where the Jews of Europe could find refuge. Så et av spørsmålene var hvordan skulle man skape gjenskape et jødisk hjemland så jødene i Europa kunne få et sted de var trygge. And here you remember the, the images of the ships that came out of Europe and were seeking to go to Palestine. Dere husker kanskje bildene av båter som gikk ut fra Europa med jøder som søkte Palestina. And were sent back because the British would not allow the Jews to come in. Og ble sendt tilbake til Europa fordi britene lot dem ikke komme inn i Palestina. Six million Jews in Europe could have gone to Palestine if Britain had given the, uh, the, the mandate to a label the creation of the Jewish state as had been promised. Six million Jews could have undgått to miss their life in Europe if Britain had let them follow to the right place. It was not only Britain. It was not only Britain. All the nations of the world had the opportunity to offer refuge to the Jewish people. Had the opportunity to offer refuge to the Jewish people. In 1938 in Evian in Switzerland. In 1938 in Evian in Switzerland. A conference was called by the United States of USA to the question, what do we do for the Jews of Europe? And not one nation offered a home for the Jewish people. And the result was the Holocaust in Europe. Of course, after the Holocaust, Etter Holocaust, the question remained what to do with Palestine. So for vi med Palestina? Another committee was created. The United Nations had replaced the League of Nations. FN hadde and Britain said, we are going to give this problem to the United Nations. So the United Nations created a committee so FN, de en to decide how to deal with Palestine. For å man gjør med and they came with a proposal to divide the land into a Jewish state and an Arab state. And Jerusalem would become a corpus separatum og Jerusalem ville blitt et, et, et felles, altskilt felles område. An international city. En internasjonal by. The Jews accepted this idea. Jødene aksepterte denne ideen. But the Arabs rejected it. Men araberne avviste det. 
29th of November 1947. This was the plan, this is what it looked like. So this is the state that the Arab people of Palestine could have received. All that orange area was to be for the Arabs and the blue area for the Jews. And Jerusalem right in the middle. And I think just to see how uh, God has, I think, a special purpose for Jerusalem. See how he's placed Jerusalem right in the middle of Judea and Samaria. If you want to divide this land, you can't get away from Jerusalem. There's no way of dividing the land without dividing Jerusalem. And I think this is the core of the conflict. Is who will have control over Jerusalem. The city where we've heard is going to be the place where God will reestablish his kingdom. But this is what the Arabs could have had. And by the way, we see the Gaza Strip down on the bottom left. That could have been much bigger than it is today. The Arabs could have had a very large part of Palestine. But they rejected offer after offer after offer. Many, many offers were made in these decades leading up to 1948. And I think the attacks that we've seen this last weeks are in a way no different from the attacks on the Jewish people in the 1920s. Think of 1929. The Jews of Hebron were attacked and more than 70 were slaughtered in Hebron, in the old city. Led by the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem who was in a way the forefather of Hamas. He was installed by the British to be the leader of the Arab Palestinians. And he was inciting his people to attack Jews because they couldn't stand the idea of a Jewish national home. And I think this conflict is really important to understand when we think about the modern state of Israel. When the Arabs rejected this plan, this peace plan, the Jews had a very difficult choice. Will they fight for their homeland? They knew the only way they could live as a nation was to fight. 
And we sometimes think of the Jews and Israel as a fighting people. But they are fighting for their very existence. It's no different from the war today. This war that Israel is fighting is not about land or territory. It's about whether the Jewish nation can exist at all. So in 1948, the British decided to leave Palestine. They already decided a year earlier. But by May 1948, they were going to leave. And the UN Palestine Commission reported to the UN Security Council. Oh, then the UN, yeah, then FN's Palestine Commission, they reported to Sikkerhetsrådet. Powerful Arab interests, both inside and outside Palestine, are defying the resolution of the General Assembly and are engaged in a deliberate effort to alter by force the settlement envisaged therein. UN language. But the point here is very simple. It's the Arab nations who are using force to prevent or destroy the creation of a Jewish nation. To fight against the very idea of a Jewish national home. This is in February 1948. On the 15th of May, 1948, the mandate for Palestine was due to come to an end. So the day before, the 14th of May, David Ben-Gurion, the leader of the Jewish, the Hebrew people of Palestine, for the folk i together with the leadership, stood up and declared the creation of the state of Israel. Israel. And that day was the, the birth of the modern state of Israel. Den dagen ble den Israel født. They made a declaration. De kom en it's called the Declaration of Independence, in which they said the state of Israel is a Jewish state for all the inhabitants of Palestine. Very important to remember. The state of Israel was created for all the people of Palestine. Jewish and non-Jewish. And to this very day, 20% of people of the state of Israel are non-Jewish. And it could have been a lot more. But the Arabs decided to oppose this new state. 
And on the 15th of May, they attacked the new, newly born state of Israel. Och den 15e maj så angrep de den nyfödda staten Israel. Syria, Lebanon, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Egypt, and Jordan. Iraq, Egypt, and Jordan. They were going to wipe out to eliminate the Jewish state. And you can just see, if you've been to Israel, you know the territory. And the Jews were really almost driven into the sea. And miraculously, over the next months, the Jewish people survived and were able to hold on to part of the territory. But in this period, we had a refugee problem. Many of the Palestinian Arabs were forced to flee from the west to the east. Okay, so we have the modern Palestinian refugees, as they're called. So we have the modern Palestinian refugees, as they call us. Many of them have ended up in the so-called West Bank. Many of them have ended up in the so-called West Bank. Jordan, Jordan, or Egypt, Syria, Lebanon. Um, because the Arabs were trying to destroy the Jewish state. And it was a war. And yes, I'm sure the Jewish people were fighting very hard against the Arab Palestinians. And there were some villages that were destroyed by the Jewish armies. But I think most Palestinian refugees were swept out of that area because they were called by the Arab leaders to leave Palestine so the Arabs could destroy the Jews. And they've ended up in refugee camps. In the same period, or in the years afterwards, I den samme periode, årene, we had a Jewish refugee problem. Så hadde vi et jødisk flyktingeproblem. All the Jews from the Middle East, alle jøder fra Midtøsten, from Iran, fra Iran, from Iraq, fra Irak, from Syria, fra Syria, from Morocco, fra Marokko, Tunisia, Algeria, Tunisia, Algeria Libya, Libya, Egypt, Egypt Yemen, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia have all had to flee. There's almost not a single Jew left in the Middle East. But they had a homeland they could go to. The state of Israel. So many Jews in Israel today, of course, are coming from this part of the world. The so-called Mizrahi Jews. The so-called Mizrahi Jews. The Arab, the very Arab Jews. These were very Arab Jews. Because their families have lived for generations in the Arab world. For the families, they have lived for generations in the Arab world. So when we hear of the refugee problem, so when we hear of the refugee problem, it's not just about Palestinians. So it's not just about Palestinians. It's also about Jewish refugees. There are also the Jewish refugees. That's a bigger issue we don't have time to talk about. That's a bigger problem that we don't have time to talk about. A little bit later, senere, in 1949, Israel was accepted as a UN member state. I want to make one thing very clear. 
The United Nations did not create the state of Israel. FN skapte ikke staten Israel. The United Nations does not create states. FN kan ikke skape stater. The state of Israel was created by the Jewish people declaring the existence of the state of Israel. Den jødiske stat, staten Israel ble skapt av det jødiske folk som erklærte eksistensen av denne jødiske staten. It's an expression of the Jewish identity as a people. Det er et uttrykk for den jødiske identitet som et folk. And I think it's very important that this declaration of statehood Jeg tror det er veldig viktig at denne erklæring om statsdannelse includes an invitation to all the other nations to be part of this. And of course the Jews knew that the Arabs would never accept it. But I do believe that the Jewish heart is still very much to coexist with the nations. And as a Jewish nation, to be a blessing to the nations. And to this very day, the, the desire for peace is so deep in the heart of the Jewish people. That they're even willing to keep dividing the land to make it possible. But I also think it's true. That the reason this has never happened, this peaceful uh, solution. Because on the other side, there is a deep hatred of the existence of the Jewish people. So at the end of the day, I think the conflict is very much an existential conflict. We're going to take one last step and then I'm going to finish. We're going to move right through to 1967. Because 1967, in a sense, was the beginning of a new era. We'll talk more about tomorrow. Recall that Israel survived the war of independence. But Jordan was occupying Judea and Samaria. Jordan occupierte Judea and Samaria. Jordan was occupying the old city of Jerusalem. Jordan occupierte den gamle byen Jerusalem. Egypt was occupying the Gaza Strip. Og Egypt occupierte Gaza Stripen. And Syria was occupying the Golan Heights. Og Syria occupierte Golan Heights. And again, the Arab world decided to attack the state of Israel. Så igen bestemte den arabiske verden sig for å angripe staten Israel. And they started to prepare their armies for another war. I'm simplifying. These were very complex decades between 1948 and 1967. But in very broad lines, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, never accepted the existence of the Jewish state. De accepterte aldri eksistensen av den jødiske stat. And by May and June 1967, I mai og juni 1967, they were ready to attack Israel so de klare til å angripe Israel again. Igjen. And we had the six-day war. Og vi fikk den seksdagers krigen. And the six-day war is really the birth of the new era. Og seksdagers krigen er virkelig fødselen på den nye æraen. Because in that war, fordi i denne krigen, Israel 
conquered a huge amount of territory. Så erobret Israel svårt område av territorium. More than they could possibly have imagined. Mer än de engang kunde föreställa sig. They took back Judea and Samaria. De tog tillbaka Judea och Samaria. Which was now known as the West Bank of Jordan. Så nu var det känt som Jordans västbredde. They took the Gaza Strip. De tog Gaza Stripen. They took the whole of the Sinai Peninsula. De tog hela Sinai halvöya. And the Golan Heights. Och Golan höjderna. And suddenly Israel were the victors. Och plötsligt var Israel seierherrarna. And they now had a large part of Palestine. Och nu hade de en stor del av Palestina. And the question was going to be what to do with the land. Och frågan som var nu var vad ska vi göra med landet? And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Och det ska vi snacka om imorgon. Thank you. Tack. Thank you. Thank you. That was a brilliant, concise insight. Brilliant, concise.